0: Seen a lot of uh, Scottish football on television uh, back in Holland, and uh, of course, uh, you see a fantastic uh, arena here. So, I mean, it was was, uh, interesting to come to uh, Scotland and uh, play for Celtic.
1: Hello, welcome to the Benjamin Celtics podcast. My name is Von Stonigan, and I'm joined this week, as I'm joined every 11th week, uh, by my DuPont course. Mr.
2: (laughs) Rebby McSwain, how are you doing Rem? I'm I'm alright, probably as well as everybody would think and I'm delighted to be on the 900 Celtic podcast out this weekend about Neil Lennon.
1: There you go, Uh, joined uh, this week by the Oracle, Rem, I mean uh, the man who knows it all and doesn't mind telling you, Harry Brady. (laughs) (laughs) i
2: Okay, I got it wrong.
1: Harry Brady, how are you doing Harry?
3: I'm fine, thanks. Yes. I I got the Martin O'Neill departures. I got the Brendan Rogers departures.
1: Yep. You got you get the we call you in for the bigger cases. We Actually before it,
2: I We get a, my glory <laughs> <laughs> the McGrory departure.
1: The the I listened to your pod it was a bit more temperate your podcast the other night after the Sparta Prague game.
3: Yeah, what is it? The what is it? They say the five stages of grief or the seven stages of grief. The anger's the first one, and then you go through that, and then it's sadness. Yeah. I'm I'm at that level now.
1: No square goes were offered then. You no, that, you know, he edited no. that. He
3: edited that out. Um,
1: here uh, we we'll crack on. Uh, as I say, you're right, Rem. Uh, there's about seventy-five podcasts out this week. I'm not sure how much we can add to the some total of knowledge, but I thought we'd maybe bring a bit of a mature analysis. Uh, to the whole scene. It is uh it is six fifty four on Monday evening. I uh, I've been up for three hours. Uh, I wake up and i look at my phone first thing and I looked at my phone first thing this morning and uh nothing had changed at uh, Celtic Park. Uh I guess we'll come on to that. Uh, actually Willis, were you surprised? Are you surprised at seven o'clock uh there hasn't been a change. Hasn't been well there's been a. I think there was a statement. Uh, about the scenes, quotes, scenes outside the, the ground last night. Uh, are you surprised, Rem?
2: Um, yes. I uh, yeah. It's pretty sad, obviously, because you know I like the guy, and overall he has been a great servant. But uh, sadly, I think his time is up, and um, I thought. Yesterday was the final nail and he would be away by now. I thought it would have been announced by now.
1: Uh, any ideas why not, Harry? Any? Can you? I mean, obviously none of us know. Maybe it's never going to happen.
3: I, I just think that it's gone beyond the point of no return for it not happening. Um, for, for reasons for not happening, um, maybe it's the difficulty of everybody working remotely at the moment. Um, maybe it's the... Maybe it's they just don't want to be seen to have responded to mob rule. And I, I, I'm not meaning that in a, I'm criticising it, I'm just meaning it in the aesthetics of it. Um, maybe that's the, the reasons. And, and maybe genuinely, really genuinely, they had no intention of doing this until the result on Sunday and they're just not quite ready to finalise the detail.
1: We are not a second club, are we? Never have been.
3: No, uh, you look at Mowbray <clears throat> We are from Christmas onwards. You knew you knew that it wasn't working, but but they kept him there. Um, Neil Lennon, Ronnie uh, Dialer, rather. Um, we did that in a in a graceful way. In many ways, we we you know there was no sort of mutual consenting terminology around it. It was the managers decided he's going to step down when when Lennon left the first time, which gets back to my. Frustration all the way back to why he was reappointed. Um, I, I believe that they, they were there was an acknowledgement from both parties that this that, that his last season would be his last season, but we let it play out. Pretty much since Peter Lawwell's come in, we have not been a sacking club. Considering that Peter's criticised of being a micromanager and a bit uh, blunt and, and ruthless with people uh, when it comes to the manager's position at Celtic,
2: he's. Who uh, who sacked Barnes? Because that was pretty ruthless. That was Alan McDonald, wasn't it? Seen other. Yep. It was Alan McDonald,
1: wasn't uh, it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I saw some stats the other day. It was John Barnes his uh, his run or the team's run before he got fired is considerably better than the run we're on right now. I think I don't have the numbers in front of me,
2: but um... yeah, we did. The we do... run worse. the run run now is worse.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, the uh, wouldn't it be awful? Uh, well not awful. Might be the wrong word, uh, Harry. That uh, we aren't prepared for this. We, you, might, you might be right. We, we, we didn't want to do it, and um, part of not wanting to do it was a reluctance to get involved in. You know, putting out feelers. You know, asking people, would you? Would you be interested? I mean, because that stuff kind of tends to get out, doesn't it?
3: Well, yeah. Yes and no. Um- because I think you can have, I think the football world knows. You tend to some of this stuff comes out after the fact. You know, you you tend to hear these things about somebody was spoken to after the event has passed. You know, I, I think you can have Dermot Desmond's a successful businessman with lots of different businesses. I'm sure you can have somebody within his organisation, so unconnected with Celtic, having a conversation with an agent, or direct, or finding out the number directly of a of a manager and just saying, look. Hypothetically, if we decided to go down a different route in the culture of the way that uh, things are, ha- or not, we even we, if Celtic decide to go down a different route, what would your thoughts be if Celtic were to approach you? Yeah, and and that gives you plausible deniability. You have four, you know, three people removed from it that make the telephone conversation, and I think in the modern world everybody knows where they, they are in these types of things, and if you're trying to attract a, a an intelligent. Educated manager, I don't think that's the type of person that would blurt it out. The,
1: uh I, I mean, I don't know about you, you guys, but I've, uh, I don't know, you may be able to, to tell me, Rem. I mean, how many names? I mean, I've had countless texts you all they've spoken to X, Y, you know, Eddie Howe, Steve Clark. I mean, how many names of the quotes and quotes spoken to?
2: Well, the bookies, the bookies' favourite, right is. Gordon Strachan. I saw that. Right? 64. 64. Years, right? Which is terrifying. Um, uh, if he's back, uh, uh, words fail me. Uh, the the rumour I heard was that he'd, he I mean, he was floated last week by Keith Jackson.
1: Yeah. Oh, I've uh, got
2: Sorry, go on. Uh, to me, that looked like that was a kite flown by someone. Uh, to see how it would go down, and it, you know it went down like the, the proverbial, because nobody wants him apart from maybe his son. Um, and you know he's allegedly been spoken to. Martin O'Neill's allegedly been spoken to. He won't come. Definitely not. He w- he wouldn't do the dirty in his mate. So uh, you know they're the the sort of two Celtic minded you know war horses from days of yore to quote a phrase. You know I wouldn't want them. I, I wouldn't want them. Their their time has been and gone. Um, and you've got two options, really. It's If you take Harry's thing about you know, culture change and we're going to change the way we're, we're going to be run, that was maybe for the end of the season. Yeah. Do you do it now, which is going to cause problems, or do you say, I'm going to get somebody for six months, I'm going to appoint the guy and tell the support it's a six-month appointment, nothing more, And we will work on the culture change, for want of a better phrase, in the background during those six months. And for example, appoint a director of football who will appoint the new manager. People might get behind that.
1: Here, we'll, come, we'll, we'll double back to all of that. Uh, we'll go with the Ross County game. Uh, I recommend, we won't touch on the Prague game. Uh, it was a great, but I really enjoyed the podcast the other night, Harry. So if anybody's interested in that, you'll get more sense out of that than you get out of the three of us. Uh, we only dilute uh, Harry's genius, uh, Remy.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> the uh, Ross County yesterday, uh, Celtic nil, Ross County 2. That's four successive home defeats. First time since... Well, I've seen two, 1953 or 1957. Anybody know
2: which one's right? You'd have been at them all anyway, oh, so you should know.
1: 1969 actually was my first game. Uh, but uh, anyway, I'm just, what... look,
3: I'm just looking at the BBC website uh, app on my phone, and it says uh, it's first time since January 1958.
1: Well, that's three different, whatever. Uh, the
2: the 758 season, right? That's where you can. Stop there. All Four right. home defeats in a row,
1: uh, embarrassing. The Rangers, Milan, Prague, and Ross County. Uh, <laughs> who'd win that uh, Europa League group? Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> well, we know who <laughs> would know who'd be last. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, so team was announced again. Ross County the League Cup. Bizarre team, uh, bizarre lineup. Uh, Barkas is back after uh, after Scott Bain's recent run of misery. Barkas beat on Julian Ayer as a back three. Uh, Elhamid, Scott Brown, Ryan Christie, uh, Laxalt, uh, Roger as a five, and Ayeti and Edward. Uh, oh, I'm looking here on Google. Edward is spelled E D W A R D. Austin oh, Edwards. <laughs> um, I think so, that played yesterday. Uh, so a 3-5-2 against uh, uh, Ross County, who have had a shocking run themselves. Uh, again, my main issue is a, a midfield uh, without McGregor. I, I'm not really sure who's the, you know, who's the fulcrum of the midfield. It seemed to be looking at watching the game through uh, through my fingers, uh, Harry. Scott Brown was the main uh, playmaker. Uh, uh, it was a, an odd team uh, against a very, very poor opponent. What did you think of it? I, uh,
3: I When I, when the team came out, I thought, right, okay. So he's had a conversation with Dermot and, and Peter Lawwell. And, you know, what would I say to a football manager in that? But, because I wouldn't want to be telling them how to run the team. I would, I would say to him, right, okay, what's the issues? What's the concerns? Blah, 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 blah. And if he talked it through, I'd say, right, okay, so, so you're losing goals from set pieces, so you need to find a way to get as, as many of the tall players in the squad on the pitch. Yeah, it
1: looked like a That's, big team, big physical team. That's what I thought
3: yeah. when I saw it. Yeah, so you need to get tall players on the pitch to help deal with the set pieces and the cross balls where, where the goals are being lost. That's number one. And number two is... You're saying that Eddie looks isolated, not quite, but, uh, at the races, but he's our best player, so uh, get some support up to Eddie. Uh, that's what it looked like. It looked like um, uh, uh, that. it was just get as many tall players on the pitch and then get two players who score goals on the pitch. That's what the team
2: looked like. No no great system Too There was no width. There was no... Yeah. Your, your width is from the two wing-backs who not renowned for their crossing. But if you take... Um, Neil Lennon had a pop at Steve Clark after the international break for playing Ryan Christie three games in a row. Right, Ryan Christie's played every game since then. But he's also played 35 and three-quarter-year-old Scott Brown in every one of those three games. You know, despite... You know, he gave away the penalty at Easter Road. Stupid challenge gave away the first goal in Prague because he's been found out in European games. You know, I, I couldn't believe when I heard that team yesterday that Scott Brown was playing. Couldn't believe it.
1: The uh, If you look at the recent games, the, the, the thing that's, the stat that always stands out to me is the shots on target. I mean, I know it's a very inexact stat. Uh, it's a very... Uh, I mean, Ross County had six shots on target yesterday. Five of them were... Well, two of them were goals, but... You know the rest of them are long distance, nothing feather shots. You know, so it's a it can be a very <laughs> deceiving stat. But it's a, 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 you know over time it just seems to be repeated. I mean teams, especially teams who are weaker than us, do what Ross County did yesterday. They just play a very very uh, look low block to use the technical phrase, I guess. Uh, two banks of four, uh, right in front of the you know the 18 yard box, and invite us to try and break them down. And we've shown, I mean, pe- teams do it because we've shown that we are incapable of doing that. We just can't. We don't have the the rotation. We don't have the movement up front. Uh, so the one bright spot in, in, in that, that that kind of tactical framework that I've seen in recent months has been Frimpong. So I, I don't understand, I, I you know, I know he's got defensive frailties, but they are not going to be exposed against Ross County. Uh, I can't remember the game. Was it St. Johnson where he came on and kind of ripped him up? I I don't understand why he didn't play yesterday, for instance, because we knew how Ross County were going to play. So it's a case of how do we break them down? Well, I think we have to go down the lines, don't we? We have to go outside. Laxalt for all his crossing frailties. is still an upgrade on Taylor. Um, and Frimpong, yep. uh, you know, if that's our tactical plan, Frimpong is a much better option than El Hamid. Now, I'm just a mug punter with a Skype account and a, a $32 microphone. I mean, I could work that out. I, I don't understand why the manager can't. Is that a, a fair point, uh, Harry? I
3: think it is. I mean, I don't think Frimpong was even on the bench yesterday. Uh,
1: he was he wasn't. Maybe he's injured. I'll take it all back. I sound like a complete fud. No, I mean, you, you, you could no argue. Sorry, what are you saying, uh, Rem? Uh, you,
2: the communication that he was injured. Nobody knew he was injured. He just didn't appear on the bench after coming on a sub on Thursday night. Yeah,
1: well, he, he must have been injured because Ralston was on the bench. So they were obviously just looking for a warm body on that right side. Um, regardless. Uh, regardless, it seems to be... Uh, There's no plan. I mean, we're looking at Ross County. How do we break a team down like that? That's how these teams play against us. We struggled against St Johnson to break them down. I mean, uh, so we don't have a plan. We don't appear to have a plan. Uh, And, you know, there are these frailties, you you know, against dead balls uh, in our box, uh, as was shown yesterday. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, help me out, Harry. (laughs) I'm at a loss.
3: I'm not a, I'm not a gamer, a computer gamer. Um, but many years ago, I would have played football manager, but I never had the patience to properly do what you're supposed to do to get your team going. And so you would play a team and you would get beat. So uh, at the end of the game, if you were playing a team that you knew there was a good chance you would get beat, or I would anyway, you would save the game and then replay it again with a different, different set of players on the pitch and you would still lose, and then you would save it, and you would just, well, that guy used to score goals, uh, so I'll stick him on, and you would save it, and you would play, and you would play this game four or five times, over and over, and you couldn't win it, because actually you needed to have, or I needed to have, put a bit more patience into being a better team, right, and I was just chucking players on the pitch, that is what, to me, we have looked like this season, Yeah. we just, well, that didn't work, Uh, I'll just chuck, do you, it reminds me of as well, actually, right at the end of Ronnie Dial towards the end of Ronnie same um, time in charge, when he kept swapping around Stuart Armstrong playing on the left, Gary and Kai Stevens playing on the left, and I think there was somebody else, can't remember who else, and they would play for three games, and then he would try the other one for three games, and it was almost as if I know there's a decent player, I just I just don't know how to get this to work. And that's what we've looked like to me this
1: season. I, I think that's a really fair point. And, and it's reflected in the the way we shape up. We're you know, we in December now. Well, it's the, 30th of, it's the 30th of November. We we haven't settled on a team. We haven't settled on our best 11. And we haven't settled on the way we want to play. We mm-hmm. went back to 3-5-2. Uh, against Sparta Prague, at some points we were 4-4-2. Four, four, we've been 4-2-3-1. So uh, there's, there's no... He can't pick his best eleven. I feel like he wants to play Ellyanuzy, but I wonder if Ellyanuzy is a player. There's a player in there somewhere, but nobody knows what kind of player it is. Is he a winger? I is think he a ten.
2: What scorer of a season? Is he not?
1: Well, I know he scored a few goals, but but again, what what is he? You know, if you're including him, what are you subtracting from the team? And we haven't worked that out. That's the problem with El see We just don't know. We haven't settled on our back- not a wing back... He's not a
2: wing-back. He's not a wing-back, so he struggles. He can't play him wide left in a 3-5-2. No. Nope. Um, he, he can only play behind a striker or wide left, but he needs someone going outside him all the time so that he can come inside the way he likes to play. He's too not quick enough to be a winger.
1: Um,
3: and it... Again, getting back to the, without a character assassination of Neil Lennon, getting back to the why, to me, it looks like there's a lack of coaching or a lack of sophistication around team selection. is And again, like you, Lawrence, I'm just a, a, a property guy with a microphone. And um, I look at it and I think, right, what would I do? I'd look and say, right, who are my core players? Who who are the key? Who are the players who are going to win me games was Edward, Elian who say, you know, whatever. Right, how do I find a way of getting my team to play where I get the best out of these guys? And then I create the team around the match winners that are in my team and create a system that complements those match winners. So those match winners, we, we talked before about the problem in a 4-2-3-1 with early wide left is that Edward wants to drift up and left. So many a time in a game, they are standing six feet apart. Well, well how do I change the way the team set up, the way that the, the ball flows through the team, to the point where Edward naturally wants to go and stand somewhere else in the pitch because the ball's not gravitating to the left all the time. And there's no obvious uh, there's no obvious sign that that's getting worked on. To reach that result,
1: I'm, gl- I'm glad you brought up Edward. Actually, I watched the uh, Rangers Benfica game last week. Uh, I was very interested in Morelos uh, Can a
2: week. and I just stopped you there. You watched Rangers v Benfica reserves last week. Well, whatever. Um,
1: the uh, wasn't a point I was going to make. Uh, the what was interesting, Morelos a wee off a problem. They wanted rid of him. Okay, it was just too much bother, right and what I saw last week, Levy's his performance to one side, was a guy who has gone from uh, wanting to score all the goals, won't pass the ball, thinks he can beat everybody and bury it in the back of the net because he wants a move. Uh, not t- playing for himself, completely playing for himself. And and I watched him last week, and he is completely bought in. He's he's playing a di- he's playing very differently now. He's completely bought in. You can see that he's not scored as many goals because he's not shooting from. All over the park, bought into the the team ethos, playing for the team, celebrating with the team. Uh, to me, that speaks to an unbelievable job by the management staff. They have they have convinced him there's a better way for him. Mm-hmm. That to me is pretty good management. Now look at Edward, who's had a crap season, uh, and admittedly, injuries, COVID, whatever. Uh, but completely playing for himself, uh, com- not not at all. bought in uh, which is a big change for him because by all accounts he's a great lad. Uh, likes Glasgow, uh, likes Celtic. Uh, but he's completely playing for himself now. To that, to me, and he's getting slaughtered, absolutely slaughtered. Which is a shame because that was a, a great goal in, in Prague last week. Uh, failure of management, you, you know, and he's not. He's not really. For the manager, I don't think. Uh, is that Edward's fault or is that the manager's fault, Harry?
3: I would say it's uh, a combination of both, although I think, you know, without saying, or oh, as I said in our podcast, I don't think Edward goes in the pitch and is intentionally not trying.
1: Oh, no, he's not trying. Oh, no, definitely not. I mean, he's no, trying. No,
3: so, yeah. So then I think that's where the failure in management comes in. Whether it's a a failure of the players just have no confidence in each other, they don't have any confidence in the system, or whether he's not giving them confidence. I think ultimately it's a failure of the manager. I don't think the players are going in the park and deliberately not trying. Ultimately it's a failure of the manager to get those players playing in a way that we know they can play, as we keep saying. They are individually the best players for their positions in the Premier League, but they are not playing like that just now. So then the, the fault must lie with the manager.
1: Um, as I said, it goes back. Take, go on. Uh, sorry. Go
2: on. No, the, on you go then. The, the what I was going to say, if you take the guy we have in our team who shoots from everywhere when there are better options is Ryan Christie. All right? All the time, shoots 40 yards the commentator will say, oh, that's so unlike Ryan Christie. He hits every dead ball and serially fails to find a Celtic player. Now, that's a failure because we don't take the dead ball shooties off him and let somebody else hit corners and free kicks. So we send the big guys on. So yesterday we sent Shane Duffy on to try and get us to extra time So for obviously to get the ball into the box and he might win a header. But we've got a guy that can he cross a ball, hitting all the corners. It's just weird.
1: Again, um, I, 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 I take it as a given professional footballers try. I don't think that's a job. I mean, it's to say that he don't try is just rubbish. I, I mean, I, 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 he's definitely trying. But I just don't think oh, he
2: he's is... Trying, but he's he's trying too hard. If you take, I, I mean, uh, I, as, as Harry did say in his podcast last week, some of them might not give that extra 1% or 2% yep. that they would for someone else as the manager. They are doing, to me, the bare minimum. And whether they don't believe in the system or what they're being asked to do, I mean, I said to you a few weeks ago, I was willing to give him a chance to turn it round because I didn't think he'd lost the dressing room. Yesterday, there was a lot of evidence to me that he has lost the dressing room. And when that happens, the manager's toast. Because it's easier to get rid of one guy than ten.
1: Um, I was just trying to um, agree with you, Harry, in a kind of inarticulate way that uh, it does look like the you know the players are just saying we'll pick our best players, we'll throw them on there, just, you know, and then just go and do it, boys. Uh, uh, that's what it looks like to me. There doesn't seem to be any kind of plan and uh, no. No, you know, no shape, no strategy. It's we're the best player, and it's reflected in the kind of fan social media as well. Cannot believe uh, we've got the best man for man. We're the best team in the league. It'll turn around. Well, I'm not so sure. I think you need a bit more than that. Uh, and it just looks to me like 11 players thrown on the park. Go and do your stuff. You're better than them, and it'll all work out. That that's that. You know, and that, that's clearly not working. So you're right, Harry.
3: Yeah, thanks. <laughs> and then and then, that then leads to why is that happening? You know, the obvious questions are why. So why do we have a situation where um, players are just being thrown on and, and it looks like there's no coaching? So um, is there no coaching taking place? And if there's no coaching taking place, What's happening? Are they just turning up and training and going through the motions of of a of a basic fitness regime? In it, you know, to continually turn up and say, yeah, we need to, you know, we need to work out a reason why that's not happening at set pieces, and we might need to change some things the way we defend set pieces. Again, after the game yesterday, the way Lennon said it, we seem to do a a mixture of man marking and and a and a bit of zone like Most teams do. I'm not on that sort of technical side of things, but I can see that that's roughly what's going on. Why would you wait until the 30th of November to say, right, okay, that's not working, let's change it to all zonal or all-man marking or change who picks up in different areas?
1: Uh, we talked about this before, but then he, the the final point Lennon made when he was on that diatribe was, uh, if I'm allowed to change it. Now, I thought we read that differently. I mean, I... I'll tell, I'll see what I thought. I thought that was him saying, this is a Brendan Rogers stuff and it's been in place for three or four years and I'm not allowed to change it. And you thought?
3: Well, I thought that just meant if if I'm still here to change it. Um, that's, that's what I meant. Yeah, that's what you meant.
1: There's a rumour kicking around, uh, Harry, that there's a kind of culture clash. I mean, there's a lot of chat about culture now, isn't there? But there's a there's a kind of... The remnants of the Brendan uh, Rogers era and the way things are done, and then you have the Neil Lennon uh, philosophies, if you want to call it that, and that there is a an ongoing, uh, not co- I'm trying not clash, not cult conflict, but you know, there's a you know there's a divergence between the two, and perhaps a lack of direction comes from that that nobody can put the hammer down and say this is how we're doing it now.
3: Well. I mean, to, the concept behind it makes sense as to what you're seeing on the part now, and, and and the concept from some people is different variations of the principle of we had a very f- a fine-tuned attention-to-detail system under Brendan Rogers. and then there's two ways that pe- I've heard people talk about it. Point number one is, and gradually over time, that attention-to-detail has gone and and then gradually over that period, the players' retention of memory, retention of how the systems were, under Brendan Rodgers are gradually petering out into the play, and so that gradually over time, we are looking like a less coached team because the coaching impact of that era are gradually diminishing. That's one version of it, and then the other version of it is, which again would make sense, and you would see, you could see it on the pitch, that the culture of it. Was a certain way that Neil Lennon has taken a step back and allowed John Kennedy and the, and the existing coaching staff to continue with that concept, that ethos of the way that the information is downloaded and the and the way the team plays. But of course, those people were only buying into the Brendan Rodgers philosophy uh, and didn't quite fully get it. And so what we're now seeing is a uh, is like the the ghost apparition of the Brendan Rogers system because nobody knows quite how to put it into practice and so it's just a shite version of it. Either of those would explain what's going on in the park and either of those would also lead into Lennon's comments of they're not doing it my way and we've either actually got no way but ultimately... I wouldn't expect somebody who's earning 50 grand a year to use that as an excuse, never mind somebody who's who's earning 10 to 20 times that. If you're being paid big bucks, you make the big decisions and you walk in and you say, anybody in any job will appreciate this. When somebody says to you, you're in charge, you either behave like you're in charge and you win or you don't behave like you're in charge and you lose.
2: Would that not, uh, if you're a, if you're earning big bucks and you need to make decisions, would that not apply to the chief exec as well?
3: Well, I, absolutely. I think I think the chief exec is, um, you know, Done do you, the the Alex Cameron, he had letters in his top drawer thing, and no, didn't I, bother I, I. opening them for the appointment of the manager in the first place. I mean, I know he was probably trying no, to no. instill a picture of he was a brilliant choice, but it just made it sound shit.
2: It did exactly. We know. We all, I mean we know that was a load of rubbish, right? But that was done to make it, you know, sound as if Lennon was the only option, right? But you know, what what has he what has he done in this crisis? It is a crisis. I mean, two two wins in ten. What has he said? Nothing. I mean, he hasn't even texted you, Brian. Has, uh, Harry, has he? <laughs> no, but
3: um, I, I did try uh, Peter Lawwell at hotmail.com but I get a bounce back. I get a bounce back to say that the inbox was full. So he's, that's in, the problem. he's changed
2: his email. He's changed his email since I gave it. Out. He's moved to <laughs> uk.
1: Here, before we move into the uh, just in the Ross County game, the first goal, uh, Red, do you want do you want to give out the blame? We we'll talked earlier about. Play, hang on a sec, but. Uh, Players not giving an extra 1%. I'm nominating El Hamid for that. Nutmegged on the halfway line, turned around and jogged back. He did the same against Prague right. the other night. Anyway, so I'm blaming him. So,
2: go. I'm not a fan of El Hamid. Absolutely not. And I'm not going to blame him for the goal. The Ross County left back, who had a pretty decent game overall, made he got really, really lucky. He flipped the pass. He tried to pass to somebody. But he got away with it, and it just ran right through to him. Now, Beaton's out of position. Ayer's got the guy. Ayer can see the guy, the the guy going down the wing, and he can see what the cross is going to be. Ayer lets him go. And then Julian, who appears to have been playing with blinkers on since he came back, he either didn't get a shout or he didn't see the guy. Lazy tackle. I'm blaming the centre-halves for that. Ayer should have kept with his man because there was nobody else in the box, and if he didn't keep with his man, he should have shouted Julian and told him. And Julian should just have whuffed it into the stand. Terrible defending by our centre halves, but we've said that quite a bit this season.
1: The uh, penalty, uh, Harry, you're a you're a goalkeeping expert. I, it's a pretty feeble effort from Barkas wasn't it? I mean, it was Craig Gorgonesque I thought.
3: Yeah, I think uh, was it. Uh, Remy was saying before we came on, we've lost seven penalties this season. Oh, no. um, Bain saved two, or is it three?
2: Okay. Um, I think Bain saved three. Save he saved one against Leo. Uh-huh. He saved the one against uh, Hibs, which they scored on the rebound. Did he save another? Did he save another one? No, maybe I it's remember. two. He saved two. Uh,
3: Barca's yeah. has looked very Craig Gordon esque. Ah, uh,
2: he has. In
3: um, <laughs> uh, the penalties.
1: Here, what do you think about that whole thing, the Barkas Bane thing? Because that should Barkas get his get his chance? We we have lost a lot of goals. I think it's what is it? I wrote it down earlier. Uh, one clean clean sheet in the last ten games, and I think Bane's played in
2: most of them. Yeah, Bane yeah. had it against Aberdeen in the cup final.
3: Yeah. I mean, actually, Barkas for me hasn't made mistakes. But hasn't Pulled off any saves Not one Not one no. I mean there's, there's not one there's, there's not an absolute howler Where he's dropped the ball Into the back of the net Type thing um, But no There's not been a save I can think of him uh, uh, Bog he's, standard the, the,
2: save. One, the, the goal He should have saved The first goal Against the Rangers He should have saved that one Right He definitely should have saved that And he probably could have done Better at a couple of goals, but he's not had any real howlers. I mean, I don't think he covered himself in glory at the second goal yesterday, but that didn't really matter. But I think he's a far better keeper than Gate. Bain was our third choice goalkeeper last week, eh, last season. He's, yeah. now, he's now, he was number one, and we've been shipping a shed load of goals. And, you know, he's one of the reasons why. No harm to the guy, but he's no good enough to be a number one goalkeeper.
1: The uh, one nil at half time. I think we can just gloss over the rest of the thing because we're running out of time. The uh, second goal, uh, I'm giving that to Ayer. Actually, my pal, everybody's pal, and Murray, <laughs> <laughs> What's going on about Ayer. Uh, it is amazing the idea that Ayer would play for uh, AC Milan is quite quite hilarious given his recent performances for us. Uh, it's not only the fact that he loses a runner for. Uh, for the for the, head, the guy who does the flick on header. When he goes in the score, have turns around and starts shouting at everybody else when it was his fault in the first place. Uh, he, he seems to do quite a lot of that, uh, Harry.
2: So he's let him go at the second goal as well then, huh?
1: Who? What do you mean? I'm not... Uh, let listening. Let his man go at the first goal. Well, he's done the same for the second. Let I'm on to the second game. I... I'm this
2: man run off him. See, can't I do that? I'm here a centre-half. All uh,
1: I. But it's more the but well it's that but it's also the berating of his co- colleagues when you, you're to blame. It's a bit like Harry when this podcast is rubbish. He sends me a text later on and says, <laughs> "This is crap."
2: But Peter Schmeichel did that when it was something was his fault. It was yeah. always somebody else's fault. Craig Gordon was brilliant for it. But P- Peter uh, Peter
1: Schmeichel pulled off about five worldies every game. He was he could he
2: oh, Craig, earned God- it. Craig Craig Gordon was always throwing the defence under a bus, even when he made a complete. Uh, balls it. Uh, that's that's what players do. Bit of frustration. They probably know it was down to them.
1: Um anyway, 2 0 uh, Harry, the that's the end of the run. What a run it's been, eh? I guess I was going to ask, I wrote it down here, what was your favourite uh, win in the cup cup runs? But I don't see you can't see the Aberdeen uh, the Rogic goal in the Aberdeen I mean that's ob- that's obviously number one. But I was just wondering if there was any that, that you remember. I mean,
3: well there was um, there was a couple of ones against Rangers in the cup. There was uh, obviously there was the one where uh, Griffiths crossed it and Dembele oh. um, not Meg, the, the Rangers keeper. And there was also the one where Dembele did the I can't remember the technical term for it. The one where he does the wee jinky yeah. penalty. Oh, the
1: peninka. The pin- 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 pin-
2: yeah. After yeah, uh, and the, the other one, when he when he left uh, Ross McCrory for, de- for <laughs> dead for dead. Tried After it was uh, <laughs> and McGregor scored a couple of cracking goals. I, I I would say uh, they were uh, the Aberdeen Cup final is my favourite, but yeah. obviously since that's banned, I'll take one of the hammerings of that mob. Uh, no, it's
1: was great. Uh, anyway, great run. I had to come to an end sometime. Not so disappointed about that, to be honest. Um. Not disappointed about the run coming to the end. Uh It was going to happen, but uh, the
2: thing that's getting me—well,
1: me the thing that's getting me is that it's all been in the post. I mean, we can all see it. It's like a to use the cliches, like a slow-motion I mean, it,
2: car crash. I expected. I mean, we all know we're going to lose a cup game at some point. I expected naively that it would be because we were playing youths and reserves in the team.
4: Yes. Right? Yep.
2: But it, to play the first team, he had to play the first team or the bulk of the first team because the results have been so bad and he's trying to, you know, keep his job. So he plays what he believes is his strongest team. Okay, not no Callum McGregor, but more or less a full strength team. And we get gubbed. Right? And we got gubbed yesterday, despite yeah. what he said about Pepper the goals. We we deservedly lost yesterday. I expected to be seen Karamoko Dembele and you know, has uh, Hazard and all that playing and we might lose. And and do you know what? They've probably have tried their hearts out, and you would have probably say that. Oh, well, they lost three two, but good experience for them. We lost to Ross County. We normally take five off of them.
4: Yeah.
2: There's there's a way to lose, and we get embarrassed yesterday. The. Uh, but as you say, it's been coming in the post. The. Um... Well, I thought he'd go uh,
1: overnight. Um... By the way, uh, did you see the demonstrations, Harry? Were they, uh, I guess it was uh, Paris 68, uh, was
2: it? I I don't know. He was there. He was there. (laughs) He was was a man in a megaphone, Lenin GTF.
3: (laughs) Were they bad? Lons. it it was far too cold to be out in this (laughs) way. Super dry, not making warm enough jackets. There you go. Well, no, See, what, my, Demonstrations is a young man's game
1: The uh, Obviously you win at the demonstrations but what, I, I don't know what the uh, little video excerpts I mean it didn't look that the way it's going to be written up it was as I say it was uh, Chicago 68 it was uh, the French Revolution it d- didn't look that bad oh. I don't know
3: it's, it's, it's like everything in the modern modern world of social media that everything's got to be an extreme. So either you've got to say that they were all wanted and anybody, nobody's allowed to criticise it, or um, or they were a disgrace and they, and they were dreadful. I know. Um, and it's not made up. I know there was stones thrown at a couple of cars. My understanding from people, there was about 200, 250 people there. Yeah. And there was probably, like you would get in any walk of life, there was probably about 20 Bampots yeah. there.
1: Well, my reaction was, what are you doing, a bunch of fuds? I mean, it's a game of football, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But then I saw Nicola Sturgeon piling in, calling it to spickle. And, of course, my, it gets my hackles up. I, can, I cannot stand the way... Whenever she talks no. about football or football fans, her language is despicable. Uh, I'm, not going
2: to defend, I'm not going to defend Nicola Sturgeon, right, but the question was asked at our briefing today
1: yeah. and
2: it's because because allegedly and I'm saying this advisedly, allegedly two or three policemen get injured. Well, yeah. Mm. Right? Now, I don't believe two or three p- policemen get injured but that's what the story has been put out, and we still have a huge percentage of people in the country who believe what they are fed by the media, whether it's true or not. Uh, you know, when the police cocked up the gates, when there was a crush under the stand, you know that was fans causing a crush. Right? I'm not saying there was a, a right or wrong, but that's why she's done the despicable line because police have been injured allegedly.
1: Well, she is smart enough and seasoned enough to, to know the value of every word she utters. Uh, and I, I, again, it's striking to me, she's so pejorative when she's talking about football and football fans, it uh, really sticks in my craw. So, I
2: actually thought it was okay today because they were trying to get her to say that that would stop fans getting into the ground and perfect. she did. Well,
1: the um, She'll do that on her own, no doubt. The uh, The... Anyway, what he's all doing? Stop! There's a pandemic going on. Do you know? Stay at home. Stay at home and listen to Harry's podcasts. They're they're brilliant. Everybody's got a podcast now, even even us. Here, um, I, I half-heartedly <laughs> tried to Harry. I I, half, I I wrote it down. The case for Neil Lennon. Uh, it's a great Celtic man, a great record. You know. Maybe he can't. He turned it around before. Remember the Kilmarnock game. Uh, I think we were 15 points behind, although we had a couple of games in hand. Pretty similar situation, actually. He's turned it around before. Why would you not uh, allow him the opportunity to turn it round again? That's probably the the one and only point you could argue with a straight face.
3: I don't, look. I get. I get it. If you bought, if you bought into Neil Lennon as Peter Lowell did. And again, this gets back to my my criticism of that the we've appointed Neil Lennon because he's got an eye for a player because of course it is 1983 and you sign players based on teams that you play against every week, and uh, rather than you sign players from all over the world and need a scouting network, and he knows Glasgow because of course having a having a good selling man in charge is all the criteria you need uh, when you've got the whole world to choose from players. So if you bought into that mince about the reason for it, I can then see why you would be very reluctant to make the change, and why you would you would believe that that he's changing it round, as you say, because he won the league last season uh, comfortably in the end. He's one win away from a, a treble. He got us through to the to the treble when he took over in bad circumstances when Brendan left, and he knows that he's been over the course. He knows. Uh, Celtic and he knows uh, what it's like to, to win trophies as Celtic manager. I get all of that. But the evidence was so glaringly obvious that the team is not playing for him.
1: Yeah. The uh can you defend could can, can you make a case for him to stay, Rem?
2: Well, I, I did all this after was it the Aberdeen and the Lille game when I thought I saw the green shoots of recovery?
4: Yeah.
2: Um and now if you take Ferencvaros as one strike and you take the Rangers game as two strikes um you know and you accept he's allowed you're allowed three strikes i think he said six um you know Hibs must win game didn't win it sparta prague you know 4-1 will never happen again oh look at that 4-1 uh, and okay we played okay for bits of the game but you defend like that you're you're going to get gubbed, and then Ross County, um, to throw away a 35-game winning record so meekly, as Harry says, there were, there's too many signs that the players aren't doing it for him. And unfortunately, when you're the manager and the players don't do it for you, you're the one that loses your job because you get the glory when you win the treble. Um, but when they decide they don't want you anymore, I'm afraid you're you're they, they're going to win.
1: The uh, what about the bad luck? And he's been unlucky with injuries, unlucky with COVID. Uh, Rangers, uh, let's face it, it's about ten. Certainly is now, obviously with Europe gone. Rangers have had none of the luck. They've had none of the injuries that we've had. They've had no COVID bad luck. Uh, that bound to hit them. So if we just stick with them, uh, he'll, you know, when the storm hits them, uh, he'll pull us back.
3: John Barnes had bad luck when Henrik Larsson broke his leg, but Vim Janssen, didn't. Um, Martin O'Neill didn't have bad luck. Uh, Doctor Joe had bad luck. I can remember some really bad decisions against uh, Doctor Joe. Um, Tony Mowbray had bad luck, um, but Brendan Rodgers didn't. Are you starting to see a theme here? Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. This is your favourite line. I'm not. I'm. Not, it's not. It's not coming on to our podcast. Simply because it's Gary Player, and I can't stand no, Gary Player. No, I'm not
3: going to use the Gary Player thing. I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say that it, the the good man, everybody has good and bad luck. Yeah, but the good managers have ways of dealing with and overcoming the challenges that that, that come along in the, in the course of a season of players out and players injured.
1: As I I constantly say to the wee man, there's no such luck as a construct. As a construct, it's something we tell ourselves to. You know, so we can make excuses for ourselves. It doesn't doesn't exist.
3: Maybe maybe we went in that December under Brendan Rodgers where we didn't have a fit striker. Yes. Yep. We didn't lose the season as a consequence of having no striker.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, it's uh, again I, I, I make the case half-heartedly, and as Neil Lennon said, I think he said yesterday, what well, I, I I'm not the kind of guy who's to harp on about what what I what I've done in the past. We're in the present. We certainly are, and the present is. Uh, Un, untenable, unsustainable take your pick uh, instead of getting better it's getting worse, team selection is just all over the place, tactics all over the place uh, it's December, we, we don't know our best of living, we don't know the way to play uh, bad luck well, everybody gets bad luck uh,
2: yeah but I mean he's had I mean, I, I'm going to, I know I'm a broken record, you look at the Griffiths, how badly he has let him down and and the club, you know, no no fit again. Uh, that that was like yesterday's a game that's crying out for a Griffiths, and he's no there. But, and can, can Lennon's just, done everything I, there in his career.
1: Can, can I just say something though? Part of being a manager is 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 man management, isn't it? Now Griffiths is clearly a fud, but he's. Uh, You've, we're, he's on contract, he's a very useful player, I mean it's a manager's job to get a tune out of him and I know he'll be very, very frustrating person uh, but you somehow have to work around that, you have to be able to break him down and what what will make him play for me, You know what will make him go out and do a, a five mile run every morning, you know, stupid, you know what I mean uh, and that to me is a failure of management I mean, Lee Griffiths is a problem player, but a, a manager, a is manager a who
2: knows how to. for Brendan Rodgers as well. Uh,
1: yes, and, and Rodgers to, to a better extent certainly got a, a more of a tune out of, out of Griffiths. That's my point. Aye. You know, and and it's the same with you know, again, I hate to say it, but the Rangers management team, what they've done with Morelos this season, you know, they've actually they've worked about, they've you know, they've they've unlocked the, the kind of mystery of his character and he's you know, playing for them in a way that's, you know, benefits the team. Uh, and I don't, and, you know, good managers do that. Bad managers don't. Bad managers, you know, you'll give up. Uh, you know, can kind I of give into it, give into the, the kind of frustrating personalities and nobody wins in that instance. Uh, it's the same with Edward r- right now. It's, it's, you know, you have to, you know, what makes this guy, what will make this guy tick in the moment? You know, you work it out. You, I, I, I don't understand, you know, that's what good managers do. Is, it, is that a fair assessment, Harry? Or or is Lee Griffiths to blame for Lee, Lee Griffiths?
3: No. Uh, well, yes and no. I mean, obviously Lee Griffiths is, res, is responsible for Lee Griffiths, but um, again, it gets back to what is it you're paying for in a football manager? You're looking for this, you know, in the modern world, in particular, looking for this multifaceted character who knows tactics, knows man management, knows how to do coaching and training ground. You know, maybe that's why you need to have some elite uh, coaching staff beneath him because it's a, a bit much to expect somebody to do all of those things. But for me, when you're dealing with millionaires, increasingly, man management is the greatest skill that a football manager needs to have.
1: Did you see? Uh, did you watch uh, All or Nothing, the Mourinho one? Did you watch that?
3: No, I've not watched it yet.
1: thought it's phenomenal, and and what you say is exactly right. Mourinho, his job now, although he is on the, p- the training pitch, but his job is essentially uh, man management, and it was amazing actually. The let you know they let the cameras in when he was talking to players like Danny Rose, uh, and it was amazing to watch how he treated different personalities differently. He clearly worked out. That a player like Danny Rose, who was incredibly pissed off about not getting any game time, and Mourinho was very respectful but very plain and very blunt. Uh, and Danny, and he could, you could see that Mourinho understood that that's h- how Danny Rose likes to be treated, whereas other players he treated differently. He was much uh, yeah. softer. It was, it was a, it was a masterclass. It was brilliant. You gotta watch it. Sorry, Rem, what were you saying?
2: Lennon Right, is not renowned as being tactically the best, right? But he has been renowned no, in the past. he's been pa- good tactically. Been a good manager. but you know, but I'm, am just, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, conf- I'm giving the stereotypical Neil Lennon doesn't win yeah. about tactics, right? But he has been praised several times and by a lot of his players and ex-players for his man management skills.
1: Well, they've clearly deserted them, but certainly with the evidence of what's on the park. They-
2: but they always, I mean, it doesn't look as if it's. It doesn't look as if it's working. This, it doesn't. It doesn't look. It's definitely not working this season. But in the past, he's been around and he has done so much for Griffiths. Griffiths has let him and the club down.
1: Yes, no doubt about it. But what do you do? Well, you don't just, give him a you new just, contract.
2: I start. You get well, ready.
1: Obviously, that's not going to happen. Obviously, but you have well, to. He's you, con- you've got
2: a a year and a half, so you can get. She start. Be looking at ready him in January if M D will take him.
1: Uh, we we'll go round and round this forever. Here, uh, I guess we come to the part. Uh, um, Harry, uh, who, the place is a mess. It's a mess. It's just a big mess. Who's? Where does the blame lie? I mean, Neil Lennon is obviously the public face of it, but, you know, where does the blame lie? I'm going to limit you to 27 minutes on this, Harry, okay? Uh,
3: the blame lies from Dermot Desmond down, all the way down. down. Damn. Damn, I was I was going to give you a five-word answer. All
1: right, anyway, go on, Harry. We'll, get, we'll come to your answer in a minute, then.
3: And 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 it's all the way through, and it's the culture of the club, and uh, and and as you go through each tier, everybody's got responsibility. So one, um, we've got our non-executive chairman has now been the, the non-executive chairman for for nearly ten years, um, so that's too long. A board of directors, One of, I mean, one of the things about a board of directors is that uh, the non-executive directors should be changing every three to four years, and they're all static, and they're all in their 70s. To be fair to Celtic, they did bring one in, a businessman, but because he didn't fit with a man criteria of uh, the Green Brigade, uh, we bombed him out of the club, uh, because we're not a club open to all, we're a club open to the people who fit the criteria of certain types of club. So... Livingston was bonded out of the club and we have retained a group of elderly non-exec people who uh, lack the the desire to create the change that's needed within the club. We've got a chief executive who's been there probably for too long who has been praised for doing a good job, but when you compare financially Celtic, where we are with our European peers in terms of player trading model, we're the worst. Uh, Hang on, uh,
1: hang on, just very... very, but how, why are we financially in such a good position? Ask yourself that. are largely down to Peter Lawler.
3: No, we are in, no. It's difficult to prove a negative, right? But I believe that we should be sitting with about, I mean, obviously this is pre-COVID, with about 60 million quid in the bank and revenue of £130 million pound a year, not £40 million pound in the bank and revenue at 80 to £100 million pounds a year. Because... If you compare our revenue and wage bill with uh, European counterparts outside the big five leagues, we are the poorest performing in European coefficient and we are the poorest performing on profit from player trading, which was again illustrated in the recent Swiss Rambo analysis of our accounts. So we, because in 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 the... In the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. Relative to everybody else in Scotland, we are doing absolutely fantastically because everybody else in Scotland's got a 1960s business model. We've got a a year 2000 business model, and we're in the year 2020. That's that's where the issue lies in terms of what we are comparing ourselves with. And so then the next step down from that is we don't have a... We've As I've ranted on for long enough, we've got a player trading model and we've not got a player trading infrastructure. We don't have a director of football and we should have been planning, succession planning for the end of Peter Lawwell. We've not been doing that. And what we've done is we've kicked the can down the road. And I am convinced from everything I've heard, I don't have all the evidence, but I'm pretty convinced. Our strategy was, let's just get the 10 done and then we can start to change everything. So instead of having a it's a bit like the way we've treated Brown instead of having an easing out of the process it's going to be an overnight thing and then everything's come home to roost because we couldn't kick the can down the road through to the end of the season which was the plan and everything's come home to roost and that's why it's the whole chain
2: all the way up Remy well, I was just going to uh, follow on that rant by saying there. Uh, you know as accountants are renowned for transposing their digits so um, there's one club certainly doesn't have a 1960s um, accounting method oh, but really. the I ah, get that one once they, uh, my my five word my five word oh, it's six words Dermot Desmond and Peter Lobel complacency
1: well I don't and a lot of
2: it has been covered by Harry and I agree with him. You know, we 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 have squandered our financial advantage. Squandered it. You know, a lot a lot of that is to do with COVID. But we are failing in Europe, and there are a lot of fans for. All that matters is ten in a row. I think uh, Harry and I have both said we want both. We want European competition and domestic success, and. You know, if you're winning and doing well in Europe, you should be winning the domestic league anyway, considering our competition. But our whole strategy, such as it is, is let's just be ahead of them, and that isn't good enough.
1: My complaint about it all—it's kind of reflected in the. It's kind of sounds silly to say—is reflected in the list of candidates for a replacement manager. I mean, the fact that Gordon Strachan is a favourite. I, I, you know, I think that, that reflects what people think about what Celtic are thinking. You know, it's the same with appointing Neil Lennon as the manager again for a second time. You know, were there not any... Was there no, nobody looking and preparing and sort of scouring the world, trying to find a list of candidates? You know, thinking, it's a cliche, but thinking outside the box. Uh, the world is full of great football coaches, great football managers... Uh, just beyond me that we didn't go looking for somebody like that, and here we are. Neil Lennon is halfway out the door, three quarters of the way out the door, and we are. We're going to appoint. I think. I think Gordon Strachan's a shoe in. Oh, do I, I think he is because uh, you know you can't you can't completely reset the culture in mid-season. You know the aim is still to win the league, uh, so you're going to get somebody in who you know can steady the ship, uh, who knows the building. Uh, who won't and quotes unquote, mess it up? Uh, and, and we're left. Who are we left with? We're left with Gordon Strachan. We're left with, you know, well, I know that, could be, I think there was somebody referenced that earlier, the Keith Jackson piece last week, you know, with Strachan and Brown in conjunction. That's, uh, I, I think that that's Keith Jackson just, I think he took a flyer and he was floating his two pals. That's his two main contacts. So there's a bit of inside griff for you. If you're ever looking at a Keith Jackson story and wondering where it came from, uh, there's your, uh, Strachan or Brown would be uh, your two opening gambits for the source. Um, might not be them, but the, the, uh, my feeling is that it's n- they're never far away from a, a Keith Jackson production. Uh, I, again, I'm not saying that they were involved in that story last week. Obviously, I think he's just taken a flyer. Uh, but that's, that's his go-to p- uh, uh, duo. Uh, Again, Harry, who do you think they'll appoint?
3: Well, there's who they should appoint and who who I think they will appoint.
1: Well, exactly. Yeah, well, my point is who they will appoint shows a a lack of vision and creative thinking.
3: Yeah, I mean, Uh, I've talked for a while now about actually we can afford quite a a high tier of manager. You know, if we we were prepared to pay pay Brendan 1.8 million a year, he was one of the top paid managers, top 10 managers in british football so if we are prepared to go to two million pound for managers and get pretty decent elite managers now whether they would come to us is a different matter but you know neil lennon get 35 million pounds in the summer so there's not that many managers across europe outside the big five leagues who would have got 35 million pounds to get a crack at champions league football i really think you could uh, you could get someone i think we should have been planning for that person to be in situ with the director of football at the end of this season, you know, just if we were changing the culture of the club, and after after we get knocked out of the Champions League, at that point we should have been starting the telephone conversations with that tier of management because we should have had the conversations started already and say, look, if we pull the trigger early, can you come in? That's what we should have done. Now the only downs, and and then those conversations accelerate during time. Now the only downside of that is. If you were wanting to change the culture we've seen what's happened before in scottish football you bring somebody into a club that's got that's failing on the pitch and has got a problem unless he has an immediate turnaround and we bring in johnny Forner that nobody's heard of you know i have somebody from you know some part further afield that's not on that list that you mentioned and he gets slaughtered because his english isn't perfect and, and our new guy who we spent two million qu- quid on becomes a failure overnight because of the way this, that things go in Scotland. That That's the, the dangers of them leaving it to this last second. But I would dearly love that we go with two to three million pounds in the pocket and a two million pound bonus to say to someone, winning the league is going to make us multi-millions this, this year and you're going to get a huge chunk of it if you make it happen. And go much higher than the striking Mick McCarthy level.
1: Yeah. I mean, Malky Mackay is on the list of ca- I mean, I know the Celt- Celtic said, don't make up the list of phil- Bicky's phil- candidates. Sorry, what did you say, Ron? Yeah, I said, you're giving me heart failure with these names. Oh, well. But I look at, uh, you might know this, Harry, what did Leeds pay for Bielsa? I mean, what are they paying him? I mean, they pulled him out of thin air. I mean, not that's, that's exaggerating. it. But, you know, but you know, candidates like that, why? That's exactly who we should be we? going
3: for. We should be identifying. You know, I went through um list of managers in South America who might be the next ones to come to Scotland. And, you know, Galardo at River Plate. I mean, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? And um, people say, oh, but that's the type of guy who goes to Benfica or Porto. Well, Benfica and Porto have got the same money in the bank that we've got. In fact, they've got less money in the bank that we've got, but they get the same revenue that we've got and the same wage bill. Why don't we aspire to be those clubs?
1: I'm actually just thinking, I bet uh, we paid Rogers more than Leeds are paying Bielsa. Yes. I bet they are.
2: Well, we would have, No question. With the bonuses he got. Um.
1: So there is that. Who, who do we think? Well, firstly, Harry, uh, we should wrap this up. But uh, Lennon's gone, yeah, and will he be on the plane for, to Milan? Do you think?
3: I can't believe. Uh, I can't believe that he will. I, I genuinely think John yeah. Kennedy's taking the team from Milan. Okay.
1: I uh, and then what happens? <laughs> put on your.
2: <laughs> I'm glad on, you asked them. Put
3: on your,
1: <laughs> put on your magic hat or your crystal ball. Or... My
2: my
3: perfect world is that the. the I We've know. Got well, what's going to happen? And we, and we know, I mean, no, and we do that. What's going to happen? I can't see. I could easily see it wouldn't be stunned if Steve Clark took the job, and because uh, it would bail out the SFA if we were paying Steve Clark's salary, you know. And it's clear that it's because I don't know if Scotland. have got any games between now and the Euros, and and it's purely
2: can for four in March.
3: Well, we can give them time off to run them. You know, he's he's number two. Can go and pick, can go and pick the squad, and he can take the team, and we pay the SFA his salary plus a bonus, if he wins the league to him and a bonus to the SFA, or um, I'm just not sure that Steve Clark, that uh, Gordon Strachan, I don't know if Gordon Strachan would would take, would could be bothered with the stress. Um,
1: and you think the mechanism for Clark? I mean, have you heard Clark? You heard much, Clark gossip?
3: Uh, only one person has said to me um, that they think it's that Clark would be more likely than Strachan.
1: Ryan what do you think? I think they'll just go with Strachan. So they've tried and tested. He's part of their gang. If that's the right word, that's probably the wrong word. I mean, I don't want to. I don't mean to sound sneering, but he's. You know, they they know him. He knows them. He knows how. He knows yeah. how the place works
2: we know them and, and I can I can't abide them so they um if if we're not going to get a top tier manager just now which i agree is extremely unlikely um, i think if you're going to go down the change at the start of the next season it should be announced and we should be saying that we're looking for a director of football steve Clark, to me out of all the names mentioned is one that i would actually long term I don't think I'd be happy with him, but as a short-term fix, I think he would do a great job because, a, he knows how to organise a defence. If you if you, you look at that Scotland team that got through against Serbia, it two Motherwell defenders in it, and uh, McTominay, a midfielder playing centre half, uh, and Davey Mar- Dave Marshall in goals, Derby County. So he knows how to organise a defence. His players play for him. McGregor and Christie were fantastic for Scotland in that game. Uh, far better than they've been for us in any game this season. He also knows some of the backroom staff and uh, Stevie Woods is a Scotland goalkeeper coach and Tim Williamson's a Scotland physio so he knows some of the backroom staff and he has got recent experience of the SPL and he knew how to beat the team that's currently top of the league. He's not frightened of them. And with him in charge, I think we'd win the league.
1: I wonder if he'd take it from if I'm Steve Clark. I mean I think he's quite happy to take the Scotland's a part time job. He's allowed to live I think he lives in the Midlands. You know, would he want to throw himself into the the boiling pot again for six months? The problem
2: I, basically not sorry, the problem you've got with a six month appointment is if they're successful, most people would want them to stay. Well, obviously, unless your name's Neil Lennon. But, you know, I think if we're going to go for somebody like him, I prefer the next year director of football and the director of football picks the new manager. I just You're don't... You're Harry? I don't want Strachan or a Neil or McCarthy or Mackay. I don't want the... It, to me... The manager doesn't have to have the. I'm a mad Celtic fan. Uh, I, I went to see them once in 1984 or something like that. I just, I just don't. We don't need that.
1: Is this saying Harry applying for the job, director of football? you would be good at it. Be brilliant.
3: Needs <laughs> to be a football person. Uh, getting back to the Lennon, uh, the sorry Celtic man thing. Um, Perhaps this season has finally shown supporters that low on the list of criteria with Duffy and Lennon, low on the list of criteria for picking someone to play or Manny Celtic should be whether he's a Celtic man or not.
2: Well, yeah. you just look after look at when we stopped ten in a row. We did it because we had a pragmatic, non emotional coach.
1: Yes. Absolutely right. Um, that Duffy thing's been a disaster, hasn't it? That that, that has a, I, I had a Neil Lennon imprimatur all over it, didn't Harry? Get him <laughs> in, big bruiser of a
3: centre-half. Well, because there I've heard two things.
2: <laughs> Is he going to say it? Is he going to say it?
3: <laughs> so, so I have heard, before we signed him, that Lennon, it was exactly Lennon's type of guy, that it was Lennon's guy. And then... After we signed him from someone who, maybe not close to Lenin, but close to someone who's close to Lenin, has then pretty much implied Lennon had nothing to do with it, and it was Dermot Desmond.
2: Oh, is it?
1: All oh, right, well, there you go. Dermot, Dermot, there's a judge of a player, eh?
2: Uh, well, the, uh, well De- I mean, remember, he, he did sign the uh, the Irish superstar, Daryl Murphy, um, <laughs> because he, he likes to have an Irish player at the club. Um, you know, McCourt uh, was there for about 10 years and played about 7 games You know, uh, but Daryl Murphy um, he, he, you know, so I'm not saying, I, I'm pretty sure Lennon would have agreed to the signing but I'm pretty sure it was our uh, Irish scouts idea
1: um, Here, we should finish this up, it sounds like this is like an obituary here you got a favourite uh, Neil Lennon moment player or no, he's go- not going anywhere. But you know what I mean. You know, you know what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to kind of end up on that. We're not trying to pile on with Neil Lennon.
2: Right. Well, I'm uh, going to go first, and I'm not going to pick a game. Oh, you're not? But, okay. No, I'm delighted that I got to see Virgil Van Dyke playing for us for a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. What's that story? Was that
1: story? Of, was you somebody told me the story about your first training session? Lennon no, looked, at has, Parker. Has Parker has looked at Parker. Parker looked
2: at Lane. Uh, and I saw him, I saw his uh, first game against Crew Alexandra in a behind-closed-doors game at Lennox Town. And, oh, anyway, I, I knew he was going to be a player. I'm still bitter that Celtic Underground voted Samaras Player of the Year, but, you know, that that, that that's another story.
1: <laughs> Can you believe we've gone from Virgil van Dijk to Duffy? Can you believe that? It's just frightening, isn't it? I'm going to go uh, one is the uh, 2011, I've just looked it up here, December the 15th, 2011, Udinese one, Celtic one. that was a brilliant, brilliant performance, uh, Udinese were at the top of the Serie A at the time, what was the wee guy's name, the centre forward was on fire, was it Natale or something? Uh, De Natale. We went there, yeah, De Natale, we went there, we played a four-two-three-one. Forest, Forrest I think scored for us, if I remember rightly, really. can't remember. <laughs> But the uh, James, James and we were brilliant. Uh, I was going to say that uh, we were brilliant that night. Uh, tactical masterclass from Neil Lennon. Brilliant performance. Uh, great night. Great night to be a Celtic fan. So uh, I'd thank him for that. Uh, there's I been a few.
2: If I pick a game, I'm having Lazio last year because yeah, a, that, that was, was a phenomenal. I mean, I know everybody's. Well, know everybody's, most people would go Barcelona. But out of his second spell, Lazio last year uh, away, we really looked like a good team. And it's staggering to think that eight of that team played against Sparta Prague last Thursday.
1: Harry finishes off.
3: Anything? I could go through those um, games. Uh, His first game back as manager against Hearts and and scoring an injury time. Because he just... (laughs) It just gave you the relief that you knew it wasn't gonna fall apart after Brendan left and we would we would go on to to, to win the league. But um I say that one of the things I remember most about him as a player was I, I had a guy who I worked with who was chairman of Dumbarton at the time and he used to say that we were us Celtic fans were bumming up the Martin O'Neill team too much and then he got invited to the Celtic Juventus game, the 4-3 game against Juventus. I remember him coming into work the next day and he said, I offer—I need to offer you an apology because you guys have been going on about how fantastic Lennon and Sutton are and I've been watching Celtic on the telly and not seen anything with it. It's only when you go to the game that you realise how much space Sutton creates for Larson and how much space Lennon closes down in the middle of the park that stops the opposition playing. Yeah. There you
1: go. So, Neil Lennon, good Celtic man, a great servant to the club. Uh, but we, we, well, we'll find out, I guess. Uh, well, actually, Harry, before you go, what if he doesn't? What if he stays? How does that play out, I wonder? I mean, what's the mechanism for for saying, we're keeping Neil Lennon, we think he can turn us around? Is that, I just don't understand how you pick spin
3: because that. Because players, um, players have got so much authority now and players know, as you said earlier, it's cheaper to sack a million pound manager than to than to get rid of 12 players, 15 players who are on a million pound each, right? And they know he's he's going. And they know he's got no authority. And they know the way that the fans behaved outside that ground. So they know if we lose again, it will just get worse. So the players from this, you cannot keep him because from this point on, the players just have no faith, just cannot have any faith that he's going to be there the following game. Every, every game from this point on would be, uh, well, they may be here this week, but. So, how can you then have any authority at half time to tell the players to buck their ideas up? Because at half time, the players are thinking, well, you'll not be here at the end of the game.
1: Yeah. Fair enough. Right, we'll leave it at that. Quite a somber podcast. Sorry about that. Uh, Harry, uh, I know you've got you've your own podcast, which is still the best, although it's teased. <laughs> it's still the. Still the best podcast. It's the original and best Celtic podcast, Celtic Underground. As there a fans uh, called
3: as Saint Lawrence and the Paul McStay and you're the Peter Grant? <laughs> oh, did you hear that about this, Remy? <laughs> oh, right. Right. Somebody that's said actually, uh, that's actually
2: doing Peter Grant a disservice. service.
1: Oh, who's? I wonder who you are then. Anyway, right, we'll leave it at that. Harry, good to have you on, Paul. Cheers. <laughs> because... See you
2: later, Remy. All the best.
1: Cheers,
2: Remy. Speak to you in a month.